I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Managing Editor of Healthcare Info Security. The Department of Health and Human Services recently released final rules for the HITECH Act Stage 2 Meaningful Use Electronic Health Record Incentive and Software Certification Programs. Today we're talking to Joy Pritz, Chief Privacy Officer at the Office of National Coordinator for Health IT. In her role as ONC's first Chief Privacy Officer, Joy provides critical advice to the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the National Coordinator in developing and implementing ONC's privacy and security programs under HITECH. She also works closely with the Office for Civil Rights and other operating divisions of HHS, as well as other government agencies to help ensure a coordinated approach to key privacy and security issues. Joy will be talking to us about the significance of the High Tech Act's Stage 2 security and privacy provisions. Hi, Joy. Good morning. What are the most significant security and privacy provisions in the Stage 2 software certification final rule, and how were those provisions modified in the final rule compared with the proposed version of that rule? ONC views all of the certification criteria uh, for security as equally significant. One of the prime criteria for security is that EHR technology that is designed to locally store electronic health information on end-user devices must encrypt such information after the use of the information stops on the device. So what this basically does is it says that an end-user device, like a perhaps a smartphone or a laptop, has to be able to encrypt the data if, if it is stored on that device. And that is a, an important factor. Some of the other criteria in the Stage 2 rule include audit log certification criteria where we adopted the standards of the American Society for Testing and Materials, ASTM standards. And finally, we adopted an amendment certification criteria, which is new for the 2014 edition of certification criteria. These criteria require that EHR technology be able to support corrections and amendments to patient records in an effort to facilitate providers' compliance with the individual's right to amend under the the HIPAA privacy rule. For the most part, the criteria that are specified in the uh, final rule are substantially the same as they were in the proposed rule, although there were a, a few little tweaks with the language just to clarify in response to some of the comments that we did receive. What are the most significant security and privacy provisions in the Stage 2 Meaningful Use Incentive Rule, and how were those provisions modified in the final version compared with the proposed version of that rule? Stage 2 Meaningful Use requires eligible providers and hospitals to conduct a security risk assessment as required by the HIPAA security rule. And it requires participants implement security updates as necessary and to correct identified security deficiencies as part of their risk management process. As explained in the preamble to the final rule, these provisions don't change the HIPAA security rule requirements. They don't require anything different than is required under HIPAA. The requirements in meaningful use only emphasize the importance of conducting a sturdy risk analysis in assessing the reasonableness and appropriateness of encrypting electronic protected health information as a means of securing it. So what essentially this rule does is it reiterates the requirements from the stage one requirement 
that providers and hospitals attest to the fact that they've actually done this security risk assessment as required by the security rule, and it shines a light in particular on this encryption aspect. Have they looked at encrypting their data? Have they addressed it? Have they decided, made that analysis as to whether they are capable of doing that? And if not, do they have another means of protecting the information in place, which is essentially what is required under the security rule? They also need to document why they've made that determination if they can't encrypt the information. So the the final rule here doesn't change, as I said, the, the security rule requirements at all, but it does ask providers to really look at this element. And one of the reasons why we focused on this element, uh, the encryption element in particular, is because uh, the Health IT Policy Committee thought that it was a really important factor to highlight in our current regulations. Why was it important to require that EHR applications can encrypt data stored on end-user devices? Well, the data must be protected regardless of where it's stored or transmitted. So we understand that some information is stored on servers and some information is stored on end-user devices. And if you lose the data, it can really have a devastating impact on not only the delivery of care but also on the trust that patients have in the evolving electronic health record systems. So it's really essential that this information be protected. We've issued guidance in the past on how to render uh, unsecured protected health information unusable, unreadable, or indecipherable to unauthorized users. This is uh, some of the criteria that we set out that you can use to meet to avoid having to report a, a security incident where it looks like your information might be breached. If it is rendered unusable, unreadable, or indecipherable, then you get the, the free pass and you don't have to report it as a breach. One of the acceptable means of, of rendering information unusable, unreadable, or indecipherable is encryption. You can see that there is a pattern here of our focusing on encryption. The reason for that is that encryption is really one of the best practices from the industry's perspective of protecting health information and making sure that if somebody who is unauthorized gets hold of some sort of an end-user device, like a laptop, like a smartphone, that they're not able to read the information that's on it. We've always had a general requirement in the meaningful use rules that EHRs be able to encrypt data in order to further the adoption of this technology, but in meaningful use stage two, we really focus on the requirement to be able to do so in the end-use device. Why does the rule call special attention to protecting data at rest? The Health IT Policy Committee recommended the focus on end-use devices, and in particular data at rest in end-use devices, after analyzing the data breaches that have been reported to the Department of Health and Human Services. A large percentage of the breaches that have been reported to us can be attributed to lost or stolen unencrypted devices that stored patient information. This demonstrates the vulnerability of data at rest. So we believe that by requiring the capability to encrypt data at rest as part of a certified electronic health record, that it will help providers better secure their patients' health information. It will give them the tools that they need to make this happen.
What are the key steps involved in making sure privacy is protected when providing patients with access to their records? Well, patient access to their health records is an important aspect of patient care and engagement. ONC believes firmly that this kind of patient engagement is one of our high priorities, as you can tell, by some of the provisions in the meaningful use rule and that that information should be secure. Using EHR technology that can properly establish a secure channel through which this health information can be viewed, downloaded, and transmitted is important, and that's one of the reasons that that provision is included as part of the certification criteria. We also believe that authenticating patients, verifying that the patient is who they say they are when they request access online, is a key step to protecting privacy. But we recognize that right now there is significant innovation taking place uh, with respect to authentication. As you may know, there is an administration effort called the National Strategy for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace, which is working on identity solutions for individuals in a more general way, but which might be able to be used in this healthcare sector in specific. So we have not required a particular form or level of authentication in the stage two role because right now we feel that it's a little premature to do that. What are the most important steps that hospitals and physician groups should be taking now to prepare for complying with these stage two requirements? The most important step for provider to do right now is to familiarize themselves as much as possible with the regulations as quickly as possible. ONC and CMS have provided a number of instructional guidance and fact sheets to assist with this effort. And a key step in compliance, uh, particularly with the security provisions, is to conduct a security risk analysis because this will help these providers identify the potential areas of their administrative, their physical, and technical environment that might be vulnerable and that they might need to mitigate before they actually go live with their EHR systems. Thanks, Joy. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee for Healthcare Info Security. Thanks for listening.